0: What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because a year from now, you'll wish you started today. And what a year it has been for Side Hustle Show listener Tammy Smith, who started a product review blog in late 2019 and a year later reached $20,000 in revenue in the month of December alone. At fithealthymama.com, Tammy specializes in reviewing direct to consumer brands in the health and fitness space and primarily monetizes the site with affiliate relationships. In this episode, you'll learn how she gained traction and traffic so quickly, the tools she uses to get it done, and how you might be able to follow a similar path with a Side Hustle website of your own. In fact, if you hit up SideHustleWebsite.com, you'll find my free guide to getting your site set up quickly and affordably. Notes and links to all the resources mentioned in this episode are at SideHustleNation.com slash Tammy, T-A-M-I. While you're there, make sure to download the free guide that I put together on the Common Mistakes that you might be making with your website that are costing you money. These are based on the 400 plus interviews here on the show and reviewing hundreds of listener sites as well. I'll tell you what those mistakes are, how to test your own site for them and how to get them fixed fast. Once again, that's at sidehustlenation.com slash Tammy, T-A-M-I. This story starts as new projects often do with another side hustle. In Tammy's case, it was freelance writing. Ready? Let's do it.
1: At the peak of my freelance writing career, I was making about $6,000 a month, but I was completely burned out. I was working in every crack of my day. I was trying to grind out a bunch of content for people. And like the unfortunate part was it wasn't anything I was really interested in and it just got old. But there was one client that I had who was writing for, she had her own fitness and health, like kind of a women's fitness and health website And she was doing affiliate marketing. And I was writing for her and I was actually enjoying writing the content. She did a lot of like the classic best list, you know, best treadmills under 500 or, you know, those types of keywords. And as I was burning out with all the writing that I was doing for other people, that's kind of what sparked my idea of, well, if she's doing this website and clearly she's making money on it, then why won't I try that? Just a little background. I love fitness, health. I became a certified personal trainer. That was kind of another side hustle a few years back. When I realized what she was doing, it was almost like, well, I could combine two of my passions because I do really enjoy writing as long as I'm writing about something I care about. And then I also really enjoy fitness. So what about if I made a fitness and health kind of website where I could write about things I enjoy and would like to learn more about and also make money? So that is kind of where the inspiration for Fit Healthy Mama came from. I didn't really know at the time what it would be or if it would be anything. It was just like, a hey, let's try this out type of deal.
0: No, absolutely. I think it's awesome that you found that sweet spot. And it's an interesting approach here to say, let me do the freelancing stuff first, you know, whether or not this is all part of the broad master plan, but essentially learning the skills and getting paid to do so and it sounds like pretty well, like you said, at the peak, you know, five, $6,000 a month, learning those skills, getting paid for those, and then being able to transition that to starting your own site. And I imagine accelerating the learning curve or accelerating the traction of that project because you had the experience in writing, you knew what it was going to take to get this stuff to the first page of Google. So you start the website, fithealthymama.com. Tell me about those first few months of like what kind of content are you creating does it is Google discovering the site is are you picking up any traction uh, in the early days
1: yeah sure so the first few months like like I say I didn't really know for sure what this was going to be I was more just like this is something I'm interested in let's give it a try I started off doing the classic affiliate the old school, like the best list, like this other person I was writing for, um, I didn't do the same things as her. And I actually stopped writing for her. I actually dropped all of my clients at one point and just kind of started to focus on this.
0: Well, let's, let's talk about that for a minute, because that's, you know, it sounds like it might be obvious to you when you say best lists, but I meant you're talking about kind of buyer intent keywords, you know, the best, the tre- best treadmills under $500, you know, this product versus this product, this product reviews like that. Can you expand on that type of content?
1: Yeah, for sure. So it like the best list is like, just like what you said, like, but the best treadmills under 500, the best running sneakers for women, basically trying to find keywords that are, you know, maybe a long tail variation where it's not as competitive and where you think you can kind of, um, you know, squeak in there somewhere. And everything that I was doing at first was things on Amazon. So, you know, treadmills on Amazon and women's bike shorts that are found on Amazon. So basically in my first few months, the content I was producing was, it was a lot of me looking around doing keyword research and figuring out, okay, like, am I going to have a shot at ranking for the best treadmills? No, because, you know, there's big sites there and, you know, they'll outrank me all day. I'll get lost. So finding like long tail variations that maybe have a little bit of search volume and that I can put up a really good article, kind of like a buying guide. So you have like your top 10 treadmills under $500, you list the 10 treadmills. And then, you know, below that would be like your buying guide of just walking through people who are looking to buy a treadmill, like what kinds of things are they looking for and just kind of helping them narrow down their decision And like I said, everything I had was off Amazon because that was, you know, that's the only way that I knew when it came to affiliate was Amazon affiliates.
0: And so you make your, you know, four or 5% on these uh, Amazon purchases.
1: Right. And then just as I started to get traction with some of these articles and I forget what month this happened, but Amazon slashed their commissions Drastically,
0: Yeah, yeah. Right at the beginning of the pandemic. (laughs) It's like, let's kick everybody while they're down.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, ironically, I had just started to rank for some stuff and I was just making some money and it was, you know, it was small, but you get your first affiliate commissions and that's exciting. And then Amazon went ahead and basically halved everything. And it became like, wow, it's the juice may not be worth the squeeze anymore here. Right. So... In retrospect, it was like the best thing that could have happened because I started to look at private affiliate offers, which I hadn't really, like I understood that they were out there before, but I hadn't considered it for my website.
0: So what do you mean by a private affiliate offer?
1: Like just off Amazon. So getting on the platforms like Impact and ShareASale and Pepper Jam made profiles on all of those affiliate platform, marketplaces, whatever you call them, and then just started searching around to see what's out there. And at that point, I started looking at brands. Instead, I shifted from looking at a best list and started looking at brands in particular or a brand and like their product that was really popular So I just started looking around, doing a a ton of research. I try to stick with things that I know about, things that interest me, find a brand, you know, or a brand that I've used or have heard about. And then I would just go see, okay, do they have an affiliate program? If not, I would reach out to them and ask them if they'd be interested. I would also, you know, another part is like checking to see, are people searching for that brand or reviews of that brand? So It was at that point that I kind of shifted away from doing the top 10 list type style of writing to brand specific reviews.
0: Okay. Was there, uh, number one, a tool that you were using to do that keyword research? And number two, a minimum search volume that you were looking for?
1: I have always used Ahrefs for most of my research on everything. I've always used keywords everywhere too. Um, just as like a kind of a backup thing I kind of like to reference the two of those because they're always different Um, but they'll you know when you look at both of them you can get a good idea and no I wouldn't say a minimum and honestly something that I've found over the last year is like a lot of times these tools will show you that there's zero search for something and you can write the review and sometimes you get If your article gets, you know, sometimes it'll go right to page one if you're lucky because no one else has done it and you'll actually get immediate sales on it because there is search. It just, Google hasn't picked that up yet. So that's one of my favorite ways to kind of jump on things with especially, you know, I'm pretty good at identifying like products that are going to be popular or that I see people talking about on social media and stuff. So even if it says there's zero search, a lot of times there's something.
0: Yeah, especially if it's a brand new thing. But yeah, maybe it just hasn't taken, it uh, hasn't been around long enough to be indexed and have this historical data show up in the keyword research tools.
1: Exactly, yeah. So that's like one of my favorite ways to kind of get on something and get a review out there first. And then you can kind of gain immediate traction on some of those things, which is nice because you know affiliate is kind of a long game, but there are ways to... I don't want to say cheat the system, but to identify brands that you think are going to be popular and kind of get on them first.
0: I feel like I get targeted all day long on Instagram for all these different direct to consumer brands. And some of them, you're like, you know, some of them you've heard of before and other ones you're like, this is new. So I had one ad, it was for like a hat. And then I was reading the comments and it was like a 60 or $70 hat. And people were like, you're solving a problem that doesn't exist in the world or something. (laughs) It's just, it's interesting. But yeah, if you could, you kind of keep your pulse on what's up and coming, what might be popular, and be the first mover or among the first movers to create the definitive guide, definitive review content on that stuff. um, Yeah, you set yourself up well to gain links, number one, because you're, you know, the first and only person writing about it, but also to gain that traction, like, hey, nobody else has written it. So we got to put you on page one.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yep, that's. I've had a lot of
0: success there. So diversifying off of the Amazon platform following the uh, commission cut last spring, diversifying more into the, you call them private offers through uh, the brands directly or through different affiliate networks. You know, if there's a brand you like, you know, scroll down to the footer of the page and look for the affiliate link and see what network they're on. Or maybe it's an in-house program, but then see if you can create the content around that. Did this involve ordering up all these different Peloton bikes and all these different tools and equipment and everything. Curious how you went about doing the research for all this content that you've created.
1: I don't buy all of the equipment. It would just be kind of expensive and, you know, just a little crazy. My strategy is to research the heck out of whatever it is that I am reviewing. So I will scrape everything there is on their website. I will go through all the pages on Google, find out what other people are saying, read any press releases, all kinds of things. I do a lot of research so that I feel like I can compile it all into one concise, structured, organized article that hopefully answers the questions of people who are considering purchasing one of these things because they are a big investment. And I think sometimes it's hard to, you know, not everybody wants to go do all that research. And You know, they want somebody to say, hey, here's what's really great about this, and here's what's not so great, and here's who this is good for, and here's who this is not good for. Um, So I think there's just value in compiling the information that's already out there, but maybe someone doesn't want to take the time to do all that research on their own. So I try to put it together in a way that is structured, it makes sense, and is genuinely helpful for them.
0: Yeah, if people are looking for the answer, especially if they're looking for best or review or even product discount, like those are all kind of like high buyer intent type of keywords or brand name alternatives to say like okay, I'm interested in this, but like is there a better, cheaper, faster, like what else should I know about in this space? Like uh, those are some of the searches that I do when I'm, you know, getting close to being ready to buy something and and I imagine it's it's similar for other people. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this, Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash side hustle show. Just go to indeed.com slash side hustle show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash side hustle show. Terms and conditions apply, need to hire, you need Indeed. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time, Anything on the marketing front, link building wise or just social media wise, YouTube wise, like to try and get the word out? Or is this 100% like I'm going to write the world's most authoritative article on the topic that I have found and I'm going to trust the algorithm in Google to show this to people?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I wish that I could just write the article and have it be like that. Of course, link building is a part of the strategy for getting my stuff seen Lately, over the last couple months, I've gone really hard with hero which I've always known about hero I just was hesitant to do it because I know that, you know, you could spend a lot of time answering those queries and you most of the time, you're just not going to get an answer back. But I have committed to doing that over the past couple months, and I've had I've had it pay off a few times. And you know, it makes it worth it for any of the time that you spend on ones that you don't get an answer back.
0: Okay. So this is uh, the help a reporter out daily emails that you get. And I imagine you can kind of select, I want to only receive the ones that are relevant to my niche. Like I get the business and finance ones and you can get, is there a health and fitness category?
1: Yeah, there's a fitness one. So that is the one that I generally focus on. You know, I'll peek around in like the general category too and see if there's anything relevant, but I mostly focus, I try to get the fitness types of links just because I do have a background in fitness, um, and personal training. So I do have some knowledge there. And then also it's, those ones are the most relevant for my site.
0: Yeah. And plus it's, if it's a news site, it potentially is a high authority domain backlink where it's like, I don't need hundreds to start to get some traction. I could just, like you said, if I could just get a handful of these right. <laughs> to get the flywheel spinning, then that's positive. Okay. So the helper reporter stuff, uh, anything else link building or marketing wise?
1: Yeah. So uh, The other thing, you know, with link building, I've done guest posts. I do quite a bit of that. I reach out to a lot of different blogs and, you know, again, you could spend a lot of time doing that and not get answers, but it does pay off sometimes. So that's been another really helpful strategy. Aside from just writing my content, there's that other piece to it with getting the backlinks so that I can uh, improve my rankings a little bit easier and just improve the strength of my site because I am still very new. You know, it was nice passing the year mark, but I still know I'm very green in the industry. So
0: for the guest posts, how do you decide what to write for somebody else's site versus what to write for your own? That's something I always struggled with. If I came up with a really good idea for a post, like even though all of the experts would say, look, nobody's reading your site. (laughs) You're doing yourself a disservice by posting it on your own site this is a really cool idea. I want to post it here. Curious how you decide what to pitch as a guest post versus, okay, I'm just going to publish this on, on my own site.
1: You know, I think it usually, because there, there definitely have been times where maybe I already have written something on my site and I'm like, oh, that would be perfect for this guest post. I generally, I'll take a look around and see like what they have and, um, you know, what might, what I think might fit in well with what they're doing. And I usually I'll send them like, Hey, I'm thinking of a few topics just so that there isn't a ton of like back and forth. And I'll just pitch them a few topics and see what they like the best and what they think is going to be, you know, the most beneficial for them too. And, um, go from there. But that's a good point. I mean, (laughs) there, you want your best content on your site, but you also want to, build those links and relationships too.
0: Is there an example of a guest post that you won recently?
1: I got a guest post on a blog for a brand that I reviewed. Oh, okay. As far as like relevancy, that kind of ticks that box, trying to boost that page in particular. Um, And the brand was actually really receptive. A lot of times they're not because they usually have like their blog is, you know, they have it already set up and they aren't really looking for, especially not like an affiliate to do a guest post. I did that on a brand called Get Cerebral, which is like a mental health brand, and I did a guest post on their blog, and that was pretty cool because I actually, I wanted I pitched them an idea. I kind of looked at their blog, and they didn't really have anything about, um, they treat people with like depression and anxiety, and they didn't really have anything about postpartum depression, and that's kind of an area that I... Am interested in and have done a lot of research on. So I pitched them an idea to do a guest post about postpartum depression and they were very receptive to it. So that was kind of a cool opportunity.
0: Okay. So trying to find gaps in their existing content that align with what you know, what you want to talk about and link back to your site. I mean, that's awesome to get a link back from the brand itself. I remember whenever I could get those in the virtual assistant site that I recently sold, like those were awesome because it was like, it was almost an implicit endorsement of like, Hey, can we trust this content? And you know, so much so that we can, we can link back to it.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Has social media played a role in the growth of this site?
1: So I'm on, like, I have social profiles for, you know, all the big social channels. Um, I recently started a YouTube channel a couple of months ago, and that has actually done better than I imagined. I never considered doing YouTube before. And I'm not like the most, um, I'm kind of an introvert. So to like get in front of the camera was a little like daunting, but I actually find that I do enjoy it. And I basically wanted to just kind of branch out. There's so many people in the space right now that I'm in, in Google and so many people competing for you know these spots on page one. And again, I'm very new and I'm I get, you know, even if I had the best piece of content, a stronger site can very easily knock me off my spot or prevent me from even, you know, if if page one is full of big authority sites, I'm just not gonna show up there. But what I found was that if I do YouTube videos in conjunction with my reviews, and I don't do a YouTube video for every review because that would be insane and a lot of work, but for some of my most popular offers, I've started doing YouTube videos and they're quick, short, kind of just factual types of things. And then I always, in the description box, link back to my full review. And those have actually been pretty successful. I have at least one video with over 10,000 views and I just hit a thousand subscribers. So that's been fun. And I definitely want to keep exploring that avenue. Aside from that, I did start a Facebook group which that I started kind of in conjunction with my YouTube channel, it's like one of my call to actions is come join me in my Facebook group. That was basically kind of like a test because I've had like the email sign up on my website for a while and I get subscribers, subscribers trickling in over there, but nothing massive. And I don't have like any great like offer for them. You know, I had like a smoothie recipe as like a you know, the free download when they sign up. So I kind of want to just like, well, maybe people would want to join a Facebook group where I share any new discount codes that I get and any specials and offers. And that has gained faster traction than my email list ever did. So I definitely think I've got something there with that.
0: Yeah, I saw that link on the homepage. You know, it's a pretty prominent call to action. Hey, come join our Facebook group, which I would not have considered a fit for this type of site, but that's an interesting place. Hey, it's a place to share discount codes um, and have a little bit more reach than you would if somebody was just uh, liking your branded Facebook page. Is that my understanding?
1: Yeah, exactly. And yeah, just trying to build like a little kind of a community and just people that are hopefully loyal to the brand and enjoy the content and are excited to see about like, you know, new reviews I have coming out and then, you know, Like I said, everyone loves a good discount and I'm always trying to get coupons and discounts from brands and I love sharing those. I love when I hear, you know, someone will message me, thanks so much for that coupon, just ordered, you know, whatever. So I'm happy to be able to connect people with a, even if it's, you know, a small savings.
0: That's awesome. That's a cool way to do it. I wonder, I'm just brainstorming, like if the same type of offer would be compelling for people to join the email list. Like, hey, I'll let you know about any discounts when they come my way. I don't know. That's, that's a little bit of a trickier one versus a, a personally branded type of thing or a straight e-commerce type of thing, kind of like playing in between. On the YouTube stuff, kind of um, focusing on the most popular offers, are you kind of just summarizing the text that's on the page, like pros and cons type of stuff? And is it just, is it talking head like you and the camera?
1: Yeah, um, I try to mix it up and make it, you know, where people want to, people aren't going to get bored. So it's not just me just talking, you know, I will talk a little bit and then have like a screen, I will do like a screen share and I'll put up like a little presentation, you know, so a lot of the one a lot of the videos that I've done have been like with the versus stuff. So I just try to hit on some of like the key things if we're comparing two things like here are the five most important things that I think you should know as you're deciding between these two things. They're not super in depth videos. I try to make them fun by, you know, mixing in like shots of the products and videos from their websites. And I've also started doing like, I now have some of these pieces of equipment and I've kind of gotten partnerships with some of these brands. And so I, you know, partnerships aside from affiliate, like I'm a little bit deeper of a partnership. And actually having the equipment, now I'm able to show me using them and me actually like reviewing the physical product, which obviously provides even more value to people rather than just, you know, it's one thing to talk about some facts and features and then to actually physically show somebody the product is just the next level, which has been fun to start to get into.
0: And you're embedding those on the, like on the relevant blog posts?
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Have you found that gives you a bump in the rankings or gives you a kind of a double chance to rank on the first page for those keywords? You know, the, there's the text version and the video version.
1: Yeah, for sure. There are some keywords where, you know, like I, maybe I was on page one and then now a lot of other, um, I'm seeing a lot of like the big authority sites, like shape and women's health and, you know, all the the big sites are doing these reviews now and these like, here's the best home gyms for 2021. And they're kind of uh, knocking me down. So maybe I was on page one for something, my written review, and now maybe I'm at the bottom or I'm at the top of page two. But if I did a YouTube video, there are a few instances where my YouTube video is showing up on page one. And that has kind of like been my ticket to actually get traction and traffic which has been amazing because otherwise if you're not on page 1 and you're not up there your your chances of having people click on your stuff is slim.
0: It's so true. It's like the old joke of where's the best place to hide a body on the page 2 of page 2 of Google. Nobody will find it there. It's that is interesting. So your advantage is in being the first mover in being, you know, really on top of up and coming brands, being quick to publish that content and then riding that wave of popularity knowing that likely the big authority sites are going to come in and kind of sweep away that traffic unfortunately down the road so get while the getting's good try and build the links try and build a moat try and build some added value through YouTube videos while you can and then you know it's on to the next thing that's one beauty of this business is there's always new brands and new products coming out so is that kind of where you spend your time on the research and writing front today?
1: Yeah, for sure. That's exactly it. It's staying on top of what's new and upcoming. And like I was saying before, like what I think is going to be popular and putting those reviews out there. And then I also like to just kind of cover the product or the brand kind of from every angle. So like the Versus stuff has been such a big kind of keyword Thing because people are always searching this versus this. And I never considered that before until I really started digging into the keywords. And it's like very buyer intent. You know, they've narrowed it down to two or three options. And when there are so many similar products, it's hard to discern hey, which one is actually going to be the best fit for me? Do I go with the Peloton, you know, spend X amount of money? Or can I go with this other bike, which is a lot less money, but am I gonna get the same experience and value? So it's been really fun to kind of see these brands come up and then see what people, or predict what people are gonna start comparing them to and to just write those articles based on that. And again, it's just been a really easy way to get instant rankings for things and then kind of instant traffic and sales
0: Sorry, I'm visiting your page now. So I'm on uh, Peloton versus Ergata, which I've never heard of before. On the page itself, so this is worth noting, Tammy's got this really well laid out product comparison table where she's got, at least on the desktop version, you know, comparison by by different features with the links down at the bottom. And then there's another kind of comparison table, or I guess buy button chart down at the bottom. I was going to ask if there were certain plugins or tools that you're using on the site to kind of design these, you know, pretty nice looking pages and tables.
1: Yeah, I have Thrive on for my website. So that's like I build everything with Thrive. I don't know if you've heard of Thrive Themes.
0: Yeah, that's a popular kind of drag and drop type of builder. Yes.
1: Yep. So that's what I use and I'm able to build everything with that.
0: Where's your time going today? Like if you have a a full work day or you got a couple kids at home, that are similar in age to our boys, where does the time go, You know, writing versus marketing versus research and all that stuff?
1: I have to be very strategic with my time (laughs) because it is definitely limited with two kids at home. I usually only honestly spend probably two to three hours a day working on my website. I would definitely do more if I had the time. It just doesn't always shake out like that. But yeah, I divide my time between determining what articles I want to write I'm also really fast at writing. I write all my own content and I do it very quickly, which is something, you know, probably again, I really mastered with doing the freelance writing. Considering I have knowledge and passion in the things that I write about, it's pretty easy for me to just fly off an article during nap time when my kids are napping.
0: Some of these are like 3000 words. You're knocking that out in a nap time?
1: Sometimes. Sometimes they take me, you know, I might start working on it in the morning and finish it up. I'm an early morning person. I, lo- I love to get up before anyone else in my house is up and I'll spend a couple hours working by myself. And then, yeah, then I have nap time. And, you know, here and there throughout the day, I'm sending emails, I'm replying to emails. I'm I just try to find little cracks in my day where I can divvy up my time so that I'm checking all the boxes that I need to because there's a lot of things to do. And, you know, and on the days where maybe I'm not writing, I might plan to shoot a YouTube video. It's a lot. And if you let it, you can feel overwhelmed because there's a lot of things I want to do, but I don't always necessarily get the time. So really just prioritizing what's the most important thing right now, what's going to move the needle the quickest and most efficiently, and then just being super intentional with the time that I do have.
0: Absolutely. It sounds like we're in the same boat. There's always more to do and and never enough time to get it done. Have you found that there is an 80-20 to the activities that you do? And I guess, where would that focus be with these limited hours to build this in two or three hours a day? Seems awesome.
1: I don't know if I found like any kind of balance or it's really just, like I said, it's what's going to be the most important thing that I need to do today. And where's my time best spent? And some days it's best spent writing an article for something that I think, you know, can be really impactful quickly. And then other times it's best spent spending time responding to heroes and to making, you know, posting an article or optimizing images. You know, there's so many things to do. I'm a very detail oriented kind of list type of person. So I'm pretty good at, okay, here's like the to-do list. Here's what needs to get done. And I usually somehow always find the time to get the things done. And I'm not sure if I have an answer on how, (laughs) but it gets done.
0: Is there a set publishing schedule that you try and stick to?
1: No. And actually, for a while, I was producing a ton of content and I've kind of scaled back a little bit and trying to transition to a more um, quality over quantity approach because, Trying to just do so much can just get very overwhelming. I've never really had like a, I post on Tuesdays and Thursdays or anything like that. I just, you know, when when the article's done, I post it. I would like to get some kind of schedule going for YouTube just to be consistent there as I'm like growing subscribers so that they can expect like every Thursday there's going to be a new video. That's something that's in the works. I got, I've got a long ways to go with YouTube, but I definitely want to be super consistent there.
0: No, thank you for saying that because I think a lot of bloggers will start out and say, "Well, I got to publish every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday." Like, no, you you don't. Just when when it's good, when it's ready to ship out the door, that's when you can hit publish. Don't worry about sticking to some arbitrary schedule for especially for this type of content. Now, Tammy, we talked about the affiliate monetization. Is there anything else that's bringing the cash register? I don't. It doesn't look like there's ads on the site, but anything else revenue wise?
1: No, I've done a few like paid posts where, you know, a brand has paid me to write the post and then I'm also an affiliate. I haven't done a lot of that, but I'd like to do more. <laughs> and I think that's just part of the growing process and, you know, being a trusted site and resource and just having a good match with the brand. But yeah, other than that, it's really just affiliate commissions.
0: Okay. Are those brands in the cases of those sponsored posts, are they reaching out to you? Say, hey, we discovered your site. I noticed you've reviewed our competitor. We'd love for you to do a post uh, on our product as well.
1: Yeah, that happens quite a bit. And usually, you know, they'll reach out and they want to partner. And I've started as I'm kind of going to that quality versus quantity mindset. If the brand that reaches out is in line with the type of thing that I would review I'm kind of coming back at them and saying, hey, thanks so much for reaching out. I will send them, like I put together a media kit. Basically, I'm interested in doing a paid, a sponsored post, you know, if you're interested, as opposed to just that straight affiliate partnership where, you know, sometimes some of these brands, there's, you may or may not ever make any money from it. I and mean, it's it's not all about the money, but you, again, as more things get put on your plate, you have to be intentional about where you're spending your time and if it's not going to, you know, be profitable, then, you know, I've had to say no to a lot of brands and, you know, cause like at first it's flattering when someone reaches out and says, we'd love to partner with you. You're super excited. And then you're like, yeah, sure. And then, you know, as it gets more commonplace, it's like, okay, hang on, is this brand actually aligned with what I want to do? and taking in a few things into consideration. And I'm just kind of trying to play around a little bit with, can I get sponsored posts at this point? That's something that I've, I've just recently started exploring and some brands are open to it and others aren't. So I'll keep going down that avenue and see what happens.
0: Yeah, don't apologize for that. That's actually a really interesting way to go about it. Instead of creating all this content, which does take you know your time and energy and maybe eventually you hire writers to do that For you, like you were doing for this other woman early on, there's a non-zero cost to do that. And rather doing that completely on speculation that yes, maybe this will rank, yes, maybe this will earn affiliate commissions down the road. It's like, hey, you approached me. And if it were the other way around, sure, but since you approached me, yeah, here's my upfront fee for this sponsored post. I'm at least going to cover my costs of my time and effort to create this, and then any affiliate commissions that come through our gravy on top of that. I kind of like that strategy. That's an interesting way to go about it. I guess I'm sure other people do same or similar, but I didn't really put two and two together for that. So I think that was cool.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to kind of explore that a little bit more.
0: Well, now you're monetized on YouTube with your thousand subscribers. So you got that going down the road, the sponsored post stuff, the affiliate stuff, anything else you see coming monetization wise?
1: No, you know, like long-term plans, maybe, you know, I have all kinds of like ideas for what I want to do in the long-term, but baby steps, who knows what will happen right now. I'm, I'm excited about, you know, the affiliate commissions has been, it's been huge, obviously it's been really successful and it's a fun way to make money fairly. I don't want to say easy because it's not easy, but it's been, it's been really good to me.
0: Is there a first hire that you anticipate making in this business?
1: Good question. (laughs) I was just talking about this. So like right now, my husband helps me out with some of the more technical type things. Like he helps me with my YouTube videos. I wouldn't say he loves doing it though. So I was just thinking I'd really like to hire somebody to help me out with like YouTube. So maybe like a YouTube, like a video editor, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, the video production stuff is... It's very time consuming. I'm with you on that front. Any other big projects coming down the pipeline?
1: Well, yes. So with the success of Fit Healthy Mama, so that's a pretty broad kind of brand. Um, and the beauty of it is I have been able to explore so many different avenues and have so many different categories that work well with you know the theme of my site. But as I have gone down many avenues, I've realized which ones work which ones I enjoy the most and which ones really work and I've been really successful in. And so now I'm exploring um, starting kind of secondary sites, additional sites that are more niche specific, where I can focus in on some of those offers that I know convert really well and Mm -hmm. where based on where I see things kind of going in you know, what people are looking for. And I think that there's opportunity to really niche down a little bit further and just make, you know, I want to diversify a little bit. I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. So I want to make, set up a couple other income streams just because, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So I have started that process of starting up a couple of niche
0: specific sites. Okay. To say instead of broad, Fit Healthy Mama, this is like the go-to authority on in-home exercise bikes or something like that.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: And that's interesting because you said, you know, we're seeing the rankings being dominated by shape and, you know, long-established huge authority domains that are not niche in really any way. And here you go, I got to start over from scratch and create content and build links and do this all over again.
1: Yeah, it's daunting for sure. But I just know what I was able to do with Fit Healthy Mama in just one year. And if I'm able to replicate that, then why not give it a try, you know?
0: Absolutely, why not? You never know what's coming down the road. I'm all for diversifying the income streams. Tammy, it's been amazing what you built in a little over a year with Fit Healthy Mama. Thanks so much for taking the time, sharing the story. I know it will inspire side hustle nation as it has inspired me. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for side hustle nation.
1: All right. So my number one tip is pretty cliche, but it's don't give up. There have been so many times when I've wanted to throw in the towel and say, this doesn't work, or this will never work, or something doesn't go your way, or you get ignored for the 18th time that you reach out to to a brand. And the easier thing to do is to give up and say, eh, this is too hard. But one of the best things that I've done and the thing that I'm most proud of is that I did not give up on this and I continue to learn and grow as I go. And for every time that I feel disappointed or let down, something amazing happens and an opportunity opens up and it kind of reinvigorates my excitement for building this brand opportunities will just naturally open up if you just stick with it.
0: It's so true. Was there a moment where there was an inflection point where you said, okay, this is so much better than the random freelance writing assignments. There's no going back. Was there there like a a definitive turning point here?
1: Yeah, for sure. And that's like at the point when I just like, I gave up all of my writing clients and I kind of kept them on for a while as like a safety net, but I was overworked and I when I let them all go it was scary because again it was like a safety net but I've just felt this freedom to know that I could just work on what I want to work on in this site that I believe in and that I have passion for and I get to do it on my own schedule and how I want to do it that was such a freeing feeling and it would be very tough for me to go back to work for anybody else at this point, that's for sure.
0: Oh, Very cool. Tammy, appreciate you sharing this stuff. Thanks so much for joining me and we'll catch up with you soon.
1: Thanks so much, Nick. It was great to be on.
0: What an inspiring story to be able to stay home and create this asset, create this income stream on such a part-time basis. That's awesome. I liked Tammy's comment about being the first mover, being the first to create content about new up-and-coming brands. This is something we touched on a little bit during my chat with Pete McPherson in episode 426. That was last month about the website that I sold recently. I think that's a huge advantage that small publishers like us have over the quote, big guys. A couple other things stood out, and one was building out a brand presence that went beyond the borders of your website. In Tammy's case, that was the Facebook group and the YouTube channel, Now, I think in-depth, authoritative content, well-formatted, well-structured, that's a bare minimum requirement to get found in Google. But the problem is it's relatively quick and easy for people to recreate. I mean, by its nature, it's all out there in the public. It's not like grandma's secret recipe. Anybody can go and see the words on your page. And that's why I think building more audience touch points can make your business less fragile and make you appear stronger, more helpful, and more legit in the eyes of both visitors and in the eyes of Google. The other thing that was interesting was Tammy's note at the very end that sometimes you have to let go to really take control, which in her case was letting go of the freelance writing gigs. Even though they were bringing in steady income, they were taking time away from building this business. It was good stuff. If Tammy has inspired you to create a website of your own, my free guide at sidehustlewebsite.com will help you get online quickly and affordably. Notes and links to all the resources mentioned in this episode are at SideHustleNation.com slash Tammy, T-A-M-I. While you're there, be sure to download this free guide that I put together on the common mistakes that you might be making with your website that are costing you money. These are based on the 400 plus interviews here on the show and reviewing hundreds of listener sites as well. I'll tell you what those mistakes are, how to test your own site for them, and how to get them fixed fast. Once again, that's at SideHustleNation.com slash Tammy, T-A-M-I, to make sure your site isn't guilty of those expensive website mistakes. Big thanks to Tammy for sharing her story. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show, where you'll learn about one side hustle that really cleans up. I'll see you then. Hustle on.